Hello everyone and welcome to Changing Minds Through Gaming, a series where we talk about mental health and play video games. This first episode is with Steve Swindon of Tape, who I'm sure a lot of you listening know already, he's an amazing guy. I've recorded a few of these now and I've had a lot of in-depth conversations and it's been really interesting to do so far, and it's really nice to see a different side of people as well. So hopefully you'll find this interesting and it'll promote bringing the conversation around mental health to more people. And thank you very much for listening and I hope you enjoy it. Um, I want to have a conversation about mental health and sure. I wanted to ask first whether there's any, any I guess, maybe problems is too strong a word, but any experiences in your life that you've gone through times where you might have struggled with mental health for some reason or another. Maybe it's just like, um, maybe like an intense period of stress or something to do with job or because I'm guessing most people have gone through that. Yeah. And, yeah, as long as you're comfortable talking about it, and I am comfortable just... talking about it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's something that's really important to talk about. Yeah, uh, which is why I think your your idea is is a really strong one. Um, well, I, yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a few different perspectives that I could sort of uh, share, I suppose. The what the when you asked the question initially, the one that springs to mind. Is uh, I've solved a bit of the problem already, Niall. <laughs> this is an achievement. Uh, the things that spring to mind are well, I could talk about it from I sort of from my own point of view, in comparison to uh, some of the folks that come to tape and the sort of experiences that they've been having. In my professional life, I've worked alongside people who have difficulties with their mental health for most of my professional life. I would, yeah. I would suggest. Uh, whether that's in um, service, specific services for people with mental health difficulties, uh, which I've done a, a, a fair bit, um, supporting people just generally around well-being. Um, my my wife um, has uh, Kate has had struggles with uh, depression uh, over the years. Uh, I, I think I probably not know more people who do have experiences of difficulties with their mental health than don't, yeah. I would suggest. Uh, most, a large number <laughs> of people that I know uh, socially and, uh, and, and through work, you know, most people are affected. You know, it's, it's, there's always the, the one in three statistic is the one that's sort of bandied around in terms mm. of people who have experienced mental health difficulties. But there's, there's a lot of weight and truth to that. Um, personally, well, I've definitely had, there's been periods of uh, stress and um, uh, uh, work being very difficult and that impacting on your health and your energy and sleep and general well-being and that sort of stuff. Um, so I think I can speak to it from a number of different perspectives. Um, uh, whichever one of those is most sort of pertinent to you. Do you reckon... Ah, I've just solved a puzzle. This is <laughs> honestly, this is prop. This is like a, an awakening for me because I'm rubbish at this stuff normally, <laughs> and I think me not thinking about it and just chatting is allowing me to solve a puzzle. Holy crap! This means you're really good at multitasking. Sorry, it just means you're really good at multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that? Um, you saying that you've had a lot of people around you who've had experiences with mental health problems. Do you think that's more the kind of people you're 
um, acquainted with? Do you reckon that's more in their personality? So do you think it's a general thing that people will open up about that kind of stuff with their friends? Because I think a big thing is that people don't tend to talk about their problems. So do you think that's kind of... Do you reckon it's just something specific to your friends that they've been able to come to you and say? So what do you think it's... Um, I, I may, uh, maybe, I mean... It's hard to tell, really. I, 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 it's, it's possible, but it's not, I'm not just thinking about my, sort of, my close sort of social group. Yeah. Um, or or yeah. colleagues or, or whoever. It's, it's throughout my adult life. I mean, it's, it's more... Uh, it's something that people are more open about talking about yeah. now. Things have definitely changed for the better in terms of those sorts of conversations. Um, I think I'm around a lot of people who are sort of more emotionally, um, oh goodness, I don't really know how to say, emotionally sort of um, open, yeah, um, willing to talk about things. I guess you, you work with a lot of people and then being at an arts charity, people are more artistic, so they're going to be more emotionally open, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I would say so, I would say so, um, but then also I think because uh, have you know having sort of friendships and relationships that are based on uh, create uh, having creative interests, shared creative interests, or just being around folks who you know like being around people who are willing to chat about things or look to chat about things, then very very quickly you'll. People will say, "Oh, yeah, this is I'm feeling in this particular way or this particular way. Uh, I'm having these particular difficulties, or I'm I'm taking medication, or you know, it's just become more of a normal conversation. Yeah. If more people are having those experiences, but also willing to talk about yeah. it, uh, it doesn't necessarily make it easier because then you're faced with all of the. All I'm thinking of a recent example where somebody was really struggling with their mental health, somebody that, uh, that I know socially, and it, it, everybody found it really difficult to bring it up with them yeah. because they were struggling so, they were so apparently having a difficult time. Uh, so it was more than just conversational, it was very apparent. So that was quite difficult. I think it would be quite good to have those sort of mental health first aid conversations uh, would be, feels like a sort of logical next step. Yeah. What do you do if you feel like somebody is in that situation where they are not actually reaching out for help or w willing to talk about it because they're so mired in it? Yeah. What, what can you do as a kind of first response like you would if someone had cut themselves? Yeah. Or you know, what, What's that opening gambit for those conversations? What is the right thing to do? Um, I think that's a really good idea. I suppose the other thing to say about, about that sort of mental health first aid thing is that uh, if it gets to a point of crisis for somebody, um, the, the obvious thing is professional support. You, know, you can be there for your friend, you can be supportive, but professional support is vital if somebody is in that point of crisis. Yeah. Um, and how to, how to access that quickly bring somebody to somewhere where they're going to get professional support or engage with professional support, advocate for somebody about accessing some professional support and because uh, that's hard, it's hard to find. And I think again, yeah. that, uh, how to signpost someone or support someone to, to get proper help if they're at a point of crisis with their mental health. 
I think that's something that needs to be a lot more apparent for people as well. You know, you, you're giving good answers because it kind of leads into what I wanted to say next is um, how much you know personally about um, the type of counselling and therapy options available to people who have mental health problems because I, I'm just not sure how, how much like, general in general people know yeah. about counselling and what it is and how available it is. So maybe you could... I, uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's, a really, it's a really good point. I think... Um, I haven't got to answer your question. But something just... Uh, They're going to be stuck in this room forever, I think. I know, yeah. People, people are going to be really frustrated by right. watching me play this game. I just cut it all out and <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and even though recently there's been people that have come to tape who we've actually ended up kind of supporting people to uh, to access emergency hospital treatment you know because they've been in a state you know it, it's their mental health is broken down and it's a crisis situation yeah. and we've taken people to profession to medical professionals and even then it's difficult even when it's in front of somebody, how yeah. unwell someone is, without the need to talk to them and find out what their problems are, it's very apparent that somebody's unwell. It's still very difficult to get the right support, which is really troubling. Yeah. Um, I tried um, trying to get counselling help. It's cognitive behavioural therapy, it's called. Mm -hmm. This is where you go and you have a one-on-one -on -one discussion usually with somebody and they try and work you through why you're feeling that way. So with me and my anxiety and stuff like that, try and work out what it is that actually makes you feel anxious and just talk things through. So I had a go at getting that last year and I had help from the people at university. And even with their help, it still took, I can't remember exactly how long it was now, but it must have been a good six months at least from feeling like I needed it and being aware that I needed it. and actually starting to get it mm. and you know if if I hadn't had their help I'd probably still be on a waiting list mm -hmm. right now and mm -hmm. um, they said when I left that um, you can refer yourself to come back again and you'd have to wait I think it's I can't remember exactly how long it was I think it was like nine months or something really? so you've got all that time without the help again and then once you've passed that nine months, you go back onto another waiting list. Mm. So it would be another how long again. So it's another, if I tried applying for it again now, I don't know how long it'd be, but I think what they said was, it, what it was, was um, just the demand that people have for mm. it. Even if it's not something that's like, so readily talked about or used that much, there's still a really high demand and not enough of a funding for it. So. Mm. I think that's quite troubling, isn't it? It is, yeah, so need, it's, a, it's a real worry. We've seen it many times here where we've kind of signposted people towards CBT or, or talking therapies or, and, and it's always, there's a waiting list. There's a waiting list and you just have to go on it. You just have to. Yeah. And then in the meantime, it's what, it, it is that what do you do in the meantime thing. And I think that's where supporting people to not be isolated, to be around other folks, to have an opportunity to talk about how they're feeling, so, to sort of some of the sticking plaster stuff uh, where people aren't on their own in their own heads every day. 
yeah. isolated to deal with it because that's when that's when wheels really come off. Um, so why uh, that sort of having a healthy network of people around or opportunities around, um, however low level that those things might be, like like when we have like using cinema here and having uh, screenings that people can come along to for free and just be out and engaged and take taken out of their situation by yeah. you know uh, creative activities whatever they might be is massively important because uh, because then you have uh, people people have find find themselves relaxing and then able to start talking about stuff now you might not be having a therapeutic conversation but it's a conversation that's very therapeutic because yeah. you're able to just offload the number of people that I have those sorts of conversations with because we're just having a cup of tea and we've been doing something creative together that allows us to be on a level playing field is yeah uh, has been really important that's why I think places like tape are so amazing because they can offer that can't they as well as you know the more professional side of things if you want to train people up to do a certain job you can have them as community centres where anybody can come and do and get involved with loads of different stuff. Yeah, it's about how, how, how people working in community spaces view their interactions with the folks that are coming to make use of them. So you could be in a library, you could be in a cafe, you know, you could be in a sports centre or you could be, you know, wherever, a bus driver or where you're coming into contact with people regularly yeah. and you're just saying how you're doing and having, having enough time to hear the answer yeah. is, it's not much. And that's the thing is that it's kind of become a culture that people don't talk to each other as much, isn't there really, out in public. I yeah, mean, we're all very, uh, very insular mm. on our phones. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's trying to tackle that, isn't it? That's the problem. Yeah. But yeah. But I know for sure that tape's been an amazing place for me. And I know I've said that to you before, but it's been a real amazing place to come to just to kind of get involved in the community instead of having nothing and yeah well i'm, I'm hopefully places I'm, like this can be the, the way forward i'm delighted the communities i'm delighted it's um uh, it's why it, it's a you know in terms of my own mental health and well-being it can be a it can be a hard place to work sometimes when yeah. you are being met with uh, well, I'm very used to the rejections that, that are, are part of, you know, uh, trying to develop projects or get funding in or the, you know, the, 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 the obstacles that are putting in your way on a daily basis, <laughs> uh, however they come about. Um, there's never been a time when um, I haven't wanted to open the doors or, or I have not reminded, uh, I'm regularly reminded, and we all are, of why the doors need to stay open uh, and it's because you know somebody like yourself coming through the doors because I know how hard it is for someone to go I'm coming here for this reason I have this thing that I like to do I'm coming here for this reason this doesn't just apply to tapes it applies to everything yeah um, that's a big thing to put your hand up and articulate that so then the, that's that's enough reason to keep to keep going. It's a privilege. It's a privilege for sure. Yeah. 
Uh, and then you get to play video games exactly. and have a chat there. <laughs> it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty awesome. And seeing these ideas come to life, my God, yeah. that's our currency here. Seeing people's ideas come to life and what they mean for folks. Yeah. Yeah. And the knock-on effects of that to their families and their friends and seeing someone who's maybe walking a little hunched because they've got, they're feeling that weight of things and then they have some wins or they have, they feel better about themselves and they're walking a little bit taller and they're feeling a little bit more confident and achieving in other areas because of it. Uh, or they just talk a little, talk a little bit more because that weight is coming off. Yeah. That's everything, right? It is. Yeah. So what do you think about, this is a really general question, so I'm yeah. sorry, but um, what do you think about the whole, I guess, situation around the stigma around mental health? Um, I guess what I want to ask really is, have you ever had any experiences where you've seen people be, I guess, discriminated against because of mental health problems? Or with my own experience, I wouldn't say I've necessarily been discriminated against. And I think with it being anxiety as well, it almost, you end up thinking people are treating you differently. It might yeah. turn into that, so it's, it's hard to kind of, you just be guessing if people are in a way. Um, do you have you had any experiences of seeing people be discriminated against, or do you think do you think there's an, a noticeable negative stigma on mental health at the moment? So, like for example, if somebody um, has got a kind of is struggling sort of on a regular basis with their mental health, you can you kind of see people sort of stigmatising people in that, well, uh, uh, that's, that's just what they're like when they're unwell and everything is kind of framed around their mental health when it might just be someone's having a bad day, you know, and it's not necessarily a mental health difficulty yeah. per se, you know, in a, in a, in a sort of critical sense, it, in a, it's in a, I'm just having a terrible day and I'm, I'm a bit upset about something or I just, or I'm a bit pissed off today, um, uh-oh, they're getting depressed again and, and then suddenly it's, they're siloed off rather than it being just a kind of ordinary day. Um, so you, quite, you kind of see that stuff quite often. Yeah. Um, so it's almost as if people are looking at them with, through different vision almost, a kind of... Yeah, there's like a filter. It's like yeah. that they, they are susceptible to their mental health um, sort of filter that's put across. So there's certain expectations or stereotypes that are kind of attached to people. But like you said with um, the whole idea about like a mental health first aid kit, I think it would help to have more guidelines, some kind of base rules if there are any that could um, tell people how to act around other people or tell, not act, but react to people who have mental health problems. Yeah. But yeah. So it just comes down to more research into it again, doesn't it? And from what yeah. I can tell, that's definitely the way it's going. And more and more funding's going to that kind of thing, but still nowhere near enough. So you compare mental health services to physical health services, I, I mean, I don't know exactly, but I'd imagine they're quite, it's quite an offset. Mm. So. Yeah, it'd be interesting to find out, wouldn't it? For being involved here, one of the things that is, um, has become really apparent over the years is that um, 
we've been able to provide support for people where they've not been able to access it elsewhere or felt able to ask for it elsewhere because we have that kind of and that our initial relationship is not built upon somebody's mental health difficulties or learning difficulties or however whatever route people find their way to us through we end up having relationships with people built built on their creative interests and then like I said before that allows people's shoulders to drop when they're having conversations about other things because we're all really open about that stuff um, and that feels like it feels like a I don't want to say a way forward but it feels like a progressive it feels like something that people could learn from you know or, or try to apply in their own in their own worlds rather than formalizing support and giving it a label and a name you know it's just about being a decent person and and creating a space that isn't um, clinical, where yeah. where people can get to know each other and and feel comfortable to talk about stuff. So I was going to ask, do you have any like specific plans going forward for anything to do with mental health and tape that you think? Could yeah, use? one of the one of the things that we're really keen to do is to is for um, and we've done bits and pieces of this work, but to get funding so that we can have um, a smooth jazz playing now, which is a little off-putting. There we go. There we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, something that's really important is if um, somebody's mental health is breaking down and they do have to go into hospital, that um, it, what that brings with it is a period of rebuilding when you're so up being isolated from the things that are important to you when you're in hospital because you can't be out in the community doing those things or at home doing those things so they're harder to find or access um, and then when you come out there's a period of rebuilding and reconnecting and and that all takes a lot of effort and momentum and if, you, if that happens for you regularly that can be very demotivating and actually you might end up going oh, I'm just not going to do it this time so what we're, what we're sort of quite keen on doing is having uh, things that people are, creative things that people are interested in available regardless of whether they're at home or they have to spend some time in hospital yeah. uh, or they're coming here to access things. That those, there's a continuous opportunity, a continuous creative opportunity for people. So that might be whatever, music or it could be gaming or it could be you know so providing services within secure settings that are mirrored in the community yeah. so that you don't lose those and I think that's really important because they, they, they're real um, significant to people's ident identities those creative outputs yeah. and, and a chance to maintain something because you know the things that you love are difficult to maintain if you're taken away from them so yeah. that, that would be something that we're quite keen to do and we've, we've done bits and pieces before we've worked in uh, secure mental health services um, and gone into kind of residential settings and done stuff but I'd, I'd really like there to be a, just an ongoing service that we yeah. can provide yeah. folks. It's all about inclusion really isn't it? Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, it's very much part of uh, about remaining involved and not, and not having things uh, everything just falls away because your, your mental health is 
has broken down or you, you need some extra support, actually it could be the thing that gets you, that turns things around for you more quickly if you are maintaining some of the things that are important to you, you know, yeah. regardless. Yeah. I think, I, that could be, I think that could be really positive. I think so too. I think one big thing that um, would help would be more education around mental health. I think that when I was in school, they kind of had a few, I think it's like a workshop, maybe one day a year, where you'd be taught a little bit about mental health and that was about it really. Right. I think more of that kind of thing would help a lot. And just introducing the idea to kids at a younger age, just so it's a more normal thing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. For sure. Um, well, I think, I think there are some, uh, there are, there are um, some initiatives within schools that do allow for that now. So they'll do things like brain breaks yeah. um, and, and, and kind of take some time out and thinking about how are they feeling, are they feeling stressed, and they're in, in, introducing that into just like part of the daily routine within yeah. schools, which is, you know, uh, being kind of tuned into your own well-being. And, um, I mean, it's not necessarily mindfulness, but it, it kind of... It's giving it's, people that idea you need to take a break or... Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, it's almost like you're making them self-aware from a young age that yeah. it's something you need to do. Because I know for me it wasn't wasn't that obvious when I was doing schoolwork and you know, when it starts really picking up GCSEs and sixth form, it was never really obvious that you need to take breaks and things like that and how, how often you need to be working, how often you need to be taking breaks and things like that. Yeah. So... Yeah, that kind of thing is a really good idea. Yeah, I agree, absolutely. I have one more question. Yeah, go ahead. A short answer question. Okay. Overall, are you confident that the whole situation around men's health will improve in the future? Oh, I, uh, for sure. I mean, I think it improves all the time. I think it's good to get rid of some of the lazy stereotyping and negative uh, negativity around... Uh, think getting stuff out of the media that that uses mental health as a kind of lazy way to um, let the lazy portrayals of people with mental health difficulties in storytelling and in the media and sort of visual representations of what mental health difficulties uh, uh, are I think would be really really useful people's openness about their mental health difficulties uh, those things are, that's, that situation is improving, but I think the closer that you get to uh, uh, being around people and the more experiences people have, and the more, honest, the, the more honest people are about that stuff, then it just, it normalizes things. And I think that's really, really helpful for it to just be, you know, as normal as uh, any other sort of support need that someone might have. It's just, okay, it's that, and that's what we do. And then, um, and then for and and for services to kind of shift uh, to be more pre for uh, to be more present, um, how people can access them, where to go, what they're for, what happens. I think all of those things are are changing. I mean, I can't I can't be massively optimistic. I can't be completely optimistic because um, money for services is is despite what you know the kind of current administration might say money for those services is not 
increasing. <laughs> it's not what it should be. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of problems with sort of service delivery, but there are folks within the NHS and within the sort of third sector and stuff who are continuously trying to make the situation better for people. And conversations like the, the conversation we're having and that you're encouraging people to have through this idea um, and making it more present for people is, is super important. So it can only, only, can only be a good thing. Um, yeah, no, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. If we're all honest with each other and kind to each other and these things become, you take some of the fire out of it and make it uh, something that you can, we can just talk about. Uh, I feel optimistic about that. Yeah. So overall, it's only going to move in the right direction. I, uh, well, let's hope so. Hope yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hope and kindness. Right. Thank you very much. Thanks, mate. Good time. Can I get out of this portal nightmare? No, you're trapped forever. <laughs> it's the cause for coming on the show. Oh god, <laughs> I'm going to dream about it tonight. <laughs> going to be going to shops and going through portals. No. <laughs> I will. All right. Thank cool. you very much. Thanks, mate.